Welcome to After the Fact, a Knowing Faith mini-episode where we look to take a big question and address it in just a few minutes. Our After the Fact episodes this season are brought to you by our season sponsor, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I love Midwestern's motto, for the church, and that resonates so deeply with the goal of knowing faith, to see a theological movement that is from and for the church. Joining us today is Dr. Jason DeRoshi. Dr. DeRoshi is research professor of Old Testament and biblical theology at Midwestern and is the author or contributing editor of numerous books, including, but not limited to, 40 Questions About Biblical Theology, A Modern Grammar for Biblical Hebrew, What the Old Testament Authors Really Cared About, and How to Understand and Apply the Old Testament. He also serves as content developer and global trainer with Hands to the Plow Ministries. Dr. DeRoshi, welcome to After the Fact. Thanks for joining us. Delighted to be here. All right, so here's the big question. What does the revelation of God's name in the Old Testament tell us about the nature and character of God? Ooh, that is a great question. So to talk about the name of God, we're talking about Yahweh. That's his personal name. And that a vowel in the beginning of Yahweh's name gives us a signal. The name Yahweh is related to the verb of being, but that A vowel tells us that we're talking about not he is, but he causes. And when the revelation of Yahweh's name comes in Exodus chapter 3, it's bound up in a context where neither Israel nor Pharaoh know who Yahweh is. Pharaoh says, who is Yahweh that I should obey him? And God's going to go out of his way in 10 different angles, the 10 plagues, Mm -hmm. to clarify for Pharaoh the very nature of who it is that is delivering Israel from Egypt. This name Yahweh shows up numerous times in other personal names, Mm -hmm. names that bear the very name of God. For example, Azariah, which is my son's name, the shortened Mm -hmm. form is Ezra. Azariah, Yahweh is my help. That is the Mm -hmm. causer of all is my help. And if that's the case, you have a strong help. Elijah, my God is Yahweh. Mm -hmm. No other power on earth could compare to who Yahweh is. No other spiritual being compares to who Yahweh is. He is the one from whom is everything as the causer of all. Zechariah, Yahweh, the causer of all things, remembers. Hmm. So Yahweh, when we consider him within the book of Exodus, where his name is first revealed, it's such a beautiful magnificent, indeed scary portrayal. Hmm. I I think of the C.S. Lewis Chronicles of Narnia. We could say that the, that Lewis is, is for the Narnians, something distinct, something Mm -hmm. special. Mm -hmm. He's more than, they wouldn't say he is C.S. Lewis. If, if, if Lewis was to enter into the Chronicles, Mm -hmm. he would be, be called the causer. Yeah, that that's that's the portrayal. He's the causer of all. And from the human perspective, that's how Yahweh is displayed in Exodus. What it means is Moses, who has made man's mouth, who makes him dumb and deaf and seeing and blind. Is it not I, Yahweh? He's the one who hardens hearts, who controls the very nature of things so that when he says, let the Nile be blood, it's blood. When he says, let the lights turn off, 
they turn off. He's the one who punishes Egypt, who saves Israel, who appears as a consuming fire, who graciously gives instruction to his people. In Exodus, Yahweh is both angry at sin mm-hmm. and yet forgiving of sin. Think about the golden calf. He stands over all things, yet is personally involved in everything. Yep. To declare God by his name, Yahweh, is to affirm him as the absolute sovereign of the universe. Yeah. The one from whom, through whom, and to whom are all things, as Paul says in Romans eleven thirty six. Yahweh means he causes to be everything that follows. He's the only uncaused one mm-hmm. in reality. So Yahweh as a name, I want to make sure I'm understanding you right. Yahweh as a name is capturing both uh, God as creator and God as redeemer. Uh, is that is that accurate? Or is it just is it just really emphatic on the the, the causality of God or the or the causal agency of God? Like, is it emphatic on one over the other or is it holding both of those two things together? Well, Yahweh is built into his name. Um, I mean, he's more than the causer of all things. Mm-hmm. Indeed, uh, in Exodus, he declares himself, I am. Right. I am who I am. Yeah. And yet, from a human perspective, as a creature— we view him like the Narnians would C.S. Lewis if he wrote mm-hmm. himself into the story. Yeah. We would point to him as the causer. And every time we address him, we recognize him as the causer, the causer of everything. Mm-hmm. It's that broad in Scripture. So let me consider here, if we just take the created side of things, right? let's just consider how broad God's causing hand is. He created in the past. Mm -hmm. So consider in the beginning, Genesis 1-1, God created. That's past time. What did he create? The heavens and the earth. Right. Isaiah 40-26 says the same thing. Lift up your eyes high and see who created these. Hmm. The one who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name. God is the source of every star in the sky. But not only does he, has he created the sun, moon, and stars, mm. Ecclesiastes 7.13 says, Consider the work of God, who can make straight what he has made crooked. Mm. So past time, he's a God who has brought curse on the world, and no one can straighten it except God himself, which he will do and does do through the person of Jesus. Let's consider God's causing creative hand in present time. It's not only that he is creator, past tense, he is the creator, present time. Here's God in Isaiah 45, 7. I form light and create. There it is. That's that verb. I create or am creating. It's a participial form. Create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. He does all these things. I am the Lord who does it all. Or Psalm 51, the prayer of the psalmist, create in me a clean heart. This is not pastime creation. It's something God is, is he's, he's pleading for God to do in the present. Psalm 104, when you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. He's talking about people. Mm-hmm. God putting his spirit in the life of people. And they're created in an instant, not just people 
created in the past, the first humans, but every person on the planet is created by God. As you do not know what way the spirit of the bones, spirit comes to the bones in the womb, says the writer of Ecclesiastes, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. Hmm. Moment by moment. This reminds me of Hebrews 1.3. He is the very one who upholds the universe by the word of his power. So that if God stops speaking, you and I, Kyle, would stop existing. So God is one who not only created in the past, but he is creating everything from whom, through whom everything right now is being upheld and spoken into existence. He is that big. That is the God of the Old Testament. But he's also a God who will create in the future. And these these verses here are just beautiful. I think of uh, Isaiah 4, verse 5. It says, the Lord will create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over all of her assemblies, a cloud by day and a smoke of shining, a flaming fire by night, for over all the glory of the Lord, there will be a canopy. A canopy. God will be a protector for his people. Or behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth. Mm. This is what God will do. It is our hope. That as just as he's intruded in Jesus and sparked new creation, one day all things will be made new. No more darkness, no more tears, no more pain. And the God of the Old Testament is the one who gives us such hope because he's the causer of all. Not only of things in the past, but things in the present and things in the future. And therefore, we can rest because he's for us in Jesus. He's that great, that big. And uh, I I think of back to the Chronicles of Narnia. He is not a tame lion, Mm -hmm. but he is good. Yeah. And in his bigness, we should tremble. Work out your salvation with fear and with trembling, says Paul, for it's God who works in you both to will everything and to work everything for his good pleasure. The God of the Old Testament, a massive God. A massive God, a great God, and a majestic God. Dr. DeRoshi, I'm so glad to have this time with you this morning. I didn't have my coffee this morning, and now I don't think that I need it. So thank you. Uh, what a supercharged start to my day as I think about following after Jesus. Listen, After the Fact is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. If you're ready to take your next step in theological training, consider Midwestern Seminary and how their For the Church vision can equip you through formal theological education. Learn more about how to get started at mbts.edu slash knowingfaith.